Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. If you're a first-time listener, thank you for being here. Um, this is a music and arts podcast. It sometimes goes into activism. As of late, I've really interviewed a lot of music folk. Like today is Sarah Negadari from the Happy Hollows and Pisces. That song that you heard is uh, the, her new single with Pisces, and that's called Two Fires. You can find that streaming wherever you like in the world. And the Happy Hollows have a new single coming out, and I believe a new album shortly. So um, all the links to their stuff is in the show notes. I've known Sarah a long time. I I was one of the first bands I befriended in Los Angeles, and we became intermingled. I think I did. A, I hosted a show of theirs at the Echo, doing the comedy, and they used to come to my comedy show that I did. Anyway, known her a long time. It's a great interview. I really love her music. Please check out more of that. And if you are here because you like Sarah's music, uh, I've interviewed a lot of musicians. I did uh, Emily Cross from Loma last week. Tim Presley was a couple weeks ago. Harmar Superstar. A ton of them. You can go to my Instagram, Conversations with the Wire, and there's a list of, there's just pictures of a lot of people who've been on the show. And I think you'll recognize some and say, hey, I want to listen to that. Or you can go to themattdwire.com and it will take you to all things Matt Dwyer. Social media merchandise if you want conversations with Matt Dwyer shirts and whatnot, and um, my Patreon. And if you subscribe to Patreon and you want to support the show, that would be awesome. And uh, you get extra interview footage, videos, uh, blogs. You get all kinds of stuff there. So please, subscribe. I would appreciate it. Or just tell your friends about the show. That's a really helpful thing. Tweet out, hey, this show's good. Um, All right, everybody. Let's get on with the talk with Ms. Sarah Nagadari. This is a great interview. I think you'll really like it. In certain ways, I feel like all of this intensity and depth to the to the experience on the planet has um, really benefited me in terms of making music because really it's only when I'm like really sad or miserable that I tend to want to write music so <laughs> in ways it's been really like a gift <laughs> um, but then in certain ways the, the, the whole lockdown thing I think that I definitely I have not written a song during this time like it just feels too something about I don't know the energy is so intense and really um I feel like nothing can get started it's like such a weird it's almost like waiting it's like we're all like in this weird waiting period or something so um I but I have been recording a lot of songs that I wrote like last year (laughs) so that's been good Uh, how was recording during quarantine because how are you are how are you guys doing it as a group and with like the engineering? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this is really bizarre. Well, um, we started recording at the beginning of this year. So, um, and we were doing both Happy Hollows and Pisces simultaneously because we wrote both the next albums. I wrote um, Pisces. And then we were working collectively on Happy Hollows at the same time. So we've been recording both and, Going, everything was going so great, like, you know, January, February, March, just going really great. And then all of a sudden, that's when the lockdown happened, and we were, we were right in the middle of recording Pisces. And um, it was interesting because we were like, okay, I guess we can't continue to get together. 
um, you know, the, our producer, Louis Tessikoff, was like, yeah, you guys probably shouldn't come over because he has a home studio in the back of his house that we were going to. Um, and we're like, okay. So, but you could, it was interesting, like, hearing the songs that came out of that week were like, whoa, everything's starting to shut down in the whole world. It was such a bizarre time, very surreal time. And you can, what's really magical is you can really hear it in the Pisces songs. You could hear the energy of that. It's kind of spooky, very, um, very real, you know? So I feel like, um, I'm really excited to share those songs. <laughs> I feel like you really captured some, like a moment in time that I don't think I could have, um, produced organically out of myself even if I tried it was it's just such it was such an amazing energy to capture on so many songs that week so that was kind of a blessing but yeah we kind of had to put everything on pause and then we didn't see each other like at all like any of us for like three months maybe we were we were and then and then Charlie um Scott and I were like okay and Lewis too we were like let's just decide that we're going to be this like quarantine bubble just not see anybody else and um our drummer couldn't do that because of his work so we uh the, the three of us and lewis have been slowly finishing everything and then um we've been doing like a lot of electronic drums and we're just going to figure out you know how to get our drummer integrated kind of later um when like lewis feels safe everybody feels safe so it's just been such a bizarre way to make two records <laughs> but it's been kind of cool kind of cool though it's like uh, I don't know I'm enjoying I'll always have this to listen back to and remember the crazy energy of everything happening you know I think it's captured in it so is who is Happy Hollows musicians also backing you on Pisces or are you using different people <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so ridiculous the same at least when I perform live well Pisces the difference is like Pisces I write all the parts um and then in the studio sometimes I'll play them or sometimes I'll have just Charlie you know play the bass or um you know but I do Pisces I just I just do pretty much everything but then when I play live it's so easy for me um and the boys are so supportive that they're like, oh, so then they, it ends up being like the same band live. <laughs> 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 and it's like, I don't, the only, it's just basically Happy Hollows acoustic, you know? Um, what, yeah. what what inspired you to move away because from the Hollows to do Pisces? Because, I mean, Pisces has been going on, I want to say that's been over five years now, right? Or am I crazy? Yeah, no, um, that's, that's correct. So, um, I, I think... I think what inspired me is that I, like, I think I, at my heart, I really prefer to play music that's, like, finger-picking, I guess. Like, that's kind of my style with guitars. I really like to integrate all my fingers and <laughs> make kind of interesting rhythmic sounds with um, with the guitar and make it a little more stripped down, a little more personal. Um, and so... Some of those songs really trans- translate well to Happy Hollows. Like Charlie can add a synth, and it can get like louder and more developed, and you know. And then some of them just really sound better done more acoustically, more stripped down, and more intimately. And so that's how I just I just decided I really have to have 
the music that comes out of me just has to be two separate projects, you know? It just wouldn't make sense to loop it all in together. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess because that's how it, I mean, that's how it happens. So I mean, they sound different, other than it's you singing. But I feel, even though you, I feel like your style of singing is a bit different within the two, or right? Wouldn't you say so? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think because it's like if I can be, I don't know, quieter. Happy Hollows, it tends to just get so much more boisterous. And like loud, and there's so many instruments going on. Like when I do the vocals in the studio, there's so many instruments going on in my headphones. But <laughs> to like cut through, I guess I have to just sing louder. So um, yeah, I guess I guess it, it comes through a lot more. Also, like more personality, I guess it's like my crazier side. Happy House is like my crazier side. Or Pisces, I think is a little more my like soulful. Yeah, how did tender side? Because I was thinking about because uh, you have always been a very committed and joyous player, especially like with the hollows. I mean, you would throw yourself all over the place, and I feel like. But I feel like I've when you first when you guys first hit the scene. At least to me, it felt like there wasn't as much of that going on. I feel like we were still the scene was very still shoegaze mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it feels like you and some of the other people like sort of in, I guess collective is not maybe the proper word, but there's a, mm-hmm. there's yeah, like death yeah. to Anders and there was all these groups that were yeah definitely seemed to be coming at it from a different angle. Did you, uh, mm-hmm. then the rest of, would you agree with that, that you guys were kind of coming at the scene from a different angle than what would, yes. did you, definitely. Uh, yeah. uh, how did people react to that? I think they really liked it because they really hadn't. I felt I felt like they hadn't seen it. Um, besides Karen O at the time, I think that was like a really she was a big inspiration when I saw her. You know, moving all over the stage and kind of flipping out. I thought, oh, that would be interesting to integrate that kind of enthusiasm, but while playing guitar. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, so I think that was like the little spark that went off of me. Like, oh, I don't have to just stand there. You know, I could really, because inside I'm so enthusiastic. Like, I'm, that's because my spirit is just so passionate and so, um, and so just, I can't help but feel the enthusiasm I feel, especially when I'm playing music. So I think when I said, you know what, who cares if I look silly? Who cares if people laugh? Just let everything, I, all the enthusiasm I feel inside come out physically. And um, who cares if I hit a bum note? Like, I don't, it just doesn't have to be perfect, you know? And so I think I just, like, yeah, I just, <laughs> I just didn't <laughs> give a shit. You know, I just really didn't give a shit what people thought about me. And, um, you know, so, yeah, I, I just, I that's how I kind of felt. And then I'd watch a lot of videos, too. Like, at the time, I was just, like, really inspired by, like, old 60s. But I would just watch a lot of footage all the time of, like, I guess like Pete Townsend and The Who and I was thinking, I just, yeah, I just, I, I, I think I was drawing from a lot of people like that and um, getting my moves. <laughs> did, <laughs> getting my moves down. <laughs> did you sort of foresee yourself, did you want to be like, because you're a badass guitar player, did you want to be a yeah. guitar god or was that not? I, I just, yeah, I, I, I keep I having conversations about guitar gods lately, so it fascinates oh. me. Oh. Oh, cool. Yeah, I really did. Like, I when I was little, I remember seeing a video. Um, I think it was 
was like Saturday Night Live or something, and it was Bonnie Raitt. And I remember when she came out on stage, I thought, oh, this is a woman. She's probably just going to sing or whatever. And then I remember she, like, ripped on the guitar. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, when I heard that song on the radio, I assumed it was a man. And I was so amazed that it was a woman playing. And then I thought, that's really cool. Like, I, I would like that. And I think for me, I'm such a, like sweet sort of gentle person like I it's just like my nature is very very peaceful and stuff and so but when I get that guitar it's like a I don't know how to explain it but it like frees me from these chains of like femininity (laughs) 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 I I could tap into like my masculine side but I'm not sure if it's masculine or like power it's like I really realize like whoa when I play guitar it's like a vehicle for my power um, that I don't really feel like I am comfortable or like inspired to express in any other form of life. And so it's, it's almost like I can feel myself coming out of this, like, wow, this like chains of not chains, but just my normal personality. That's a little more, you know, soft and kind of gentle. And I could access this really fiery, part of myself that just feels very powerful and like a queen I guess like a queen (laughs) and so I was just I just really enjoyed I think more than anything that feeling of like whoa my fingers are going on the fretboard and I'm creating this really loud at at times um you know dissonant sounds that people might even be off-putted by and I was like, it's fun for me to make a sound that people find unpleasant in many ways. <laughs> like, that's fun. Like, just, I don't know, shake things up. And so I think, I think especially when I first started, you know, playing electric guitar, and I, I was such a, it was such an outlet for my crazy, that, that really no, loud, noisy part of myself. And I think now, you know, what, that was like 15 years ago. Now, you know, I'm older and I'm definitely, I think that's why, another reason why Pisces has come into my life, I've gotten a lot of that out of my system. <laughs> so I'm not like, I'm definitely still not calm and I'm definitely really enthusiastic you know, and in my body and, and no matter, you know, how I play, but I, I think definitely now I'm a little more inspired to um, express beauty more than, more so than like ever before. So, Beauty and like healing, I guess. But that's like where, where, why I think Pisces is starting to come into the forefront of my art- artistry a little more. Um, yeah. You mentioned something uh, that I, uh, was interesting to me, and I was thinking because I feel like now there's a lot of bands that are w- women or fronted by women, and they're like they're the ones sort of the force behind the band. And yeah. you were mentioning Bonnie Wright, and I was thinking like. When you were younger and wanting to become music, there wasn't, there weren't as many female role models, and I was wondering what that was, how that affected you, because you were saying you're like you're watching mm-hmm. Thompson and stuff. It's like, but it's like now, like younger, like teens mm-hmm. have a a large group of really cool female bands, and it's like yeah. that didn't exist. It's like you know you had L Seven, yeah. like in the nineties there was. More, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the 80s and stuff, it was like the (laughs) Go-Go's. It was like, nothing against the Go-Go's. But there's not, there wasn't like a plethora of like Mm -hmm. chicks tearing it up. Can you still say chicks? Is chicks, I don't know if that's... (laughs) Chicks. Yeah, God, I, yeah, say whatever. (laughs) Yeah. 
No, I know. I know. No, it's true. You're really, you're really right. And I think that's so wonderful. I mean, that's just amazing. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really awesome. I feel like that has been so wonderful, especially like the last 10 years and especially the last five years. So that's great. I mean, so many, see, that's what I mean. It's like, I know these times are like really horrendous to go through and very scary to know if we're all going to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But it's like, honestly, if you really look at what's been happening on so many different levels, like amazing change has occurred despite Trump being president. You know what I'm saying? It's like amazing things have happened that are truly so much better than they used to be. So I think we all need to, (laughs) to, you know, we're going to get through this, even if he is elected, I think, you know, I hope, (laughs) but anyway, yeah. So I think, I think that's one of the amazing, you know, social changes that's happened and, uh, for women and not just in music but in all industries like I was watching last night for some reason that I don't know why like I've become obsessed with like Formula One race car <laughs> I don't know why so random but like I was watching this documentary about the Williams um, race cars and like now this a woman runs it and it's just unheard of in that world and it's just you know it's just awesome so in so many ways yeah. Things have been improving, you know. Are you thinking about racing cars now? Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. I'm like, in fact, it's funny because I, um, <laughs> I'm like the slowest driver ever. Like I, and I, I have like a paranoia of driving on the freeways. I, I, I get like panic. <laughs> I'm like slowly working my way up, but I can't. I really can't even go over like 50 miles an hour. <laughs> so I don't know why I find myself obsessed with these race cars. TV show. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Anyway, was it, going, I'm letting it go with the flow. It must be the the, the quarantine uh, pandemic time <laughs> forcing me to. I'm so bored. I'm like watching <laughs> random things I wouldn't normally watch. So when you go visit your family, and is it San Jose, where you're from originally? Um, I'm yeah. I grew up in San Jose, but my family now lives in Chico, California, and in Mendocino, California. And my mom lives in Vancouver. Canada. Oh, really? When did, did yeah? Has when did that happen? That happened three years ago. My stepdad. Um, he's actually Nicaraguan. My stepdad. He's like a. He's like a sand. He's a Sandinista, and he got political asylum in wow. Canada. Yeah, like in the nineties or whatever. He or early two thousands. He got asylum there, and then my they met like at a bar or something. And then they got married, and then he was like living out here with her. But then they moved back to Canada. So you can escape. You can go stay with your mom if things get. And you can... No, <laughs> I, mean, I can't. No, I really could say that, but I can't because she, uh, the borders are closed. Oh, that's right. To Amer- Americans, um, yeah, the borders are closed. Yeah, that's how. I don't, yeah, that's how. Dumb, <laughs> that's how dumb we are. That no one. Will, I know. It's like it's astounding to me. <laughs> I know we can like literally go to like Turkey and like <laughs> I don't know, right? Isn't there like five countries we can go to right yeah, now? They're like th- totally random. They're probably every country is probably thrilled not to have loud American tourists. They're like finally, <laughs> like we can have some quiet. Exactly. <laughs> they're like let's keep this rule in 
place. It's funny because I've seen it traveling where I'm like, oh boy, did it? It's so true. Like, it's like I think people like us, we've traveled a decent amount that we're sort of just, you know, we know how to be quiet in the city. It's like, mm-hmm. just, but I've seen it and I've seen, you know, them loudly bitching about the service. And I'm like, oh, this is just. Oh my God, I know. It's so awful. I can't, I honestly, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. It's really, yes. Oh my God, don't get me started. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's challenging. Was God, that- Matt, what a crazy time we're living in. I know. I try not to drink every night, but then evening rolls around and I'm like, I just need some kind of like... <laughs> Like, like, not that I'm like doing beer bongs or something, but it's like every, I'm just I want to, I just need to like de, you know, compress a little, and that I know, I know, I'm so worried I'm becoming an alcoholic. I'm so worried. I'm like, I want, I, I can't. I don't think I've had one night, and that's like so not like me, by the way. But I'm just like, I'm like you. I'm like, oh my god. I need like a gin and tonic right now. Like, or I need it. Like, I need something. It's just too hard to make it through the day. <laughs> yeah. And it's really, it's just, I like you said, I need a little something to numb me. But I'm, so, I mean, I'm trying very hard to not do that. But it is becoming, boy. But I mean, then I look on Facebook or whatever, and I'm like, well, everyone else is doing it. Yeah. Not that bad. And I, How am I supposed to get through this? I even got into like weed a little bit, which is like oh yeah, edibles. <laughs> I don't like smoking anything, but but it's like because oh, yeah. I thought I was the, my first the bad plan was I was like I'll do weed, I'll take edibles, and that'll help me <laughs> from not drinking. And then I discovered I like them together, and it's been a shit fire. <laughs> well, I I you know. I think that I'm, I'm with you. And if I had edibles around, <laughs> I would be doing this too. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think it's okay. I'm giving myself permission. <laughs> and I know that everyone gets like out of control. I'll ruin it in. But I mean, it's just, what else are we supposed to do? It's, it's just so intense. And it's just this year. It's like, I, I mean, at this point, it's crazy. Like nothing feel shocking anymore it's just the next one thing after another after another isn't it but just bizarre i mean what a bizarre year yeah it's i mean it's exhaust it's ex- literally i'm just exhausted and i'm exhausted with yeah uh, there's so much to be exhausted about. but yeah, uh, yeah i did want to go back to san jose not physically okay but, <laughs> <laughs> but i'm curious like because what you're were you always interested in music because i feel like you said there was the there's always these sparks that you mentioned. I was wondering, like, was music just, like, suddenly a spark, or was it just something that was always an interest to do? Um, you know, I think, I've, I think I've always been interested in it. Um, like, I didn't... I... Like, music... Oh, gosh. It just means a lot to me because... Like, I had a really hard time speaking when I was little. Like, I... Which is crazy to think about, but, like, in elementary school and stuff, like, when they call on you to, like, read a sentence to the class, like, like the words wouldn't come out of my mouth. And I just, I was so incredibly shy, and I just could not um, get, like, talking. Just didn't, it was very hard for me. And then my mom 
um, put me into like musical theater camp, summer school camp or something. And then um, I found that singing was like so much easier for me, you know, like, so the singing was kind of the first way I could communicate. So I think music for me is just, yeah, it's, it, it just, I don't know, it was part of what my spirit wanted me to do. <laughs> so, so yeah, I just loved music. So I loved singing. I loved, and then once, um, when I was 13, I got a guitar and I was like, oh, wow. I'm like writing my own songs. And so, yeah, it's just always been something I really, really love to do. But um, I mostly love like writing the songs. I think that's just really, I don't particularly like get a kick out of, oh, you know, singing other people's songs or anything like that. It's just more like, wow, when I can create something that wasn't there before like that is such um I don't know if you get that way too when you write like stand-up comedy or even your podcast it's like the act of like creating isn't it just bliss like you're creating stuff isn't it just like the most blissful experience yeah it's uh I don't I don't do the stand-ups anymore but I do write still yeah and uh but yeah. it's it's I don't it's like each each time I sit down to do an interview with him, because I, I have ideas of where I'm going, but I don't, I try to keep it wide open for discovery. And like, it's each one before I sit down and do it, it's like, I'm like really have to like get myself mentally prepared. And like, it feels like I'm almost like going into some kind of like event or a fight was, is the wrong, but it's like, I sort of have to like be ready to move. And it's, it's crazy. But then I get through with the mm-hmm. end of it. And I haven't ever shared this, but like I get really emotionally attached to my guests <laughs> and the episodes. And like, so when I, like the whole week while it's running, like while it's the new, it's always, they're always up. But it's like I'm always, then I'm like obsessively listening to their music and like I'm even, I'm continuing to search wow. their lives and, and like I, I and oh. I've, I have dreams a lot about my guests. <laughs> Really, especially the night before I often have dreams uh, about guys. Wow. It's really crazy. Like, and I don't know, I don't know. I've never, I never talk about myself on the podcast, so I, and I try not to. Because <laughs> it's not about me, wow. but it's like it came up organically, so I'm okay with it. God, man, I think that is so beautiful. That's amazing. That is so beautiful. And I think that's why I love your podcast so much, but you're really... Um, it's like you're, you're right it isn't about you or your ego or like this like vehicle for you to like get airtime. it's like you're so you can feel the dedication like you're genuinely like interested in people and you want to dig deep and God it's, it's beautiful that you have that passion I just feel to hear I, other yeah it's just I, I feel grateful like it, I've been able to talk to so many like I it's so good for my brain and spirit because I feel uplifted because I've got mm-hmm. to experience these people's worlds. Um, <laughs> like it's, oh, that's amazing. And sometimes I'd look at my library and I'm just like, how the fuck have I pulled this off? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're brilliant at it, that's why. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. That's what I think, yeah. Um, uh, so Matt, did you have a dream about me last night? I did, but it, I did. Uh <laughs> Uh, but it was, I can't, I can't remember much of it because I had a weird night's sleep. Because uh, my, <laughs> but I did. And I, I remember us being in a room. That is all I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and, cool. Uh, <laughs> 
but it was like a weird, like the wallpaper was like almost like Elizabethan. That's the other thing I remember. Like it was this very oh. detailed wallpaper. So weird. Ooh, okay, cool. Yeah. And I also dreamt, because I interviewed the, the singer from, from the band Loma yesterday, and I had a dream about her, but I can't remember that one either. It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> But I do want to talk about it because I, you also played with the Silver Sun pickups for a while, which I and I saw, oh, yes. saw you play in Madison, Wisconsin, of all places. Oh my God, that's right! With Kelly, so amazing. I think that's the first time I met her. Yeah, does she ever shot you guys? I know I've told her to shoot you guys. I don't know if that ever happened. Not with a camera. It, it, no, no, I don't think it's happened yet. But it will happen. Yeah, hopefully. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Once we can do live shows again. Yeah. <laughs> but how was the how was it touring with Silver Sun pickups? Oh my gosh, it was amazing. It was really oh, it was so fun. It's just, it was really amazing. Um how long did it did you like do a world tour or did you just do like uh like a US thing? We did um we did U.S. mostly, and then we did Australia, oh, wow. and then we did Me- Mexico City. I'm trying to think what else. Um, did you get? But to, it's mostly the U.S. Did you get to explore Mexico City at all? Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I, I really want to see that city. It's it seems like it's very oh, fascinating. Wow. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Just really beautiful and uh, awesome museums, and we went. Um, outside of it to climb the Teotihuacan pyramid but that day <laughs> I, don't, I didn't get the memo I just didn't know what we were doing so I had my show boots on which at the time were like these really tall leather boots like <laughs> um, and I just did not know we were going to climb a pyramid because I would just normally show up to the bus or whatever and so we're like going and then we get out and everyone's like okay we're climbing this pyramid and I'm like oh my god I'm burning hot and these like leather <laughs> like everyone else is like in their hiking clothes and I was like I don't know if I could do this and they're like come on Sarah you can do it come on and just as I was looking at this tall pyramid this little bee came and landed on my hand and I was like, oh, hello, B. And it stuck its stinger in me. <laughs> it flew away. And I started screaming. I'm like, ah! And then it started. I'm not allergic to bees, but it really did hurt. And I was like, ah! So I was like, I have a bee thing. I can't climb the pyramids. And they were like, okay. <laughs> the bee was like my little miracle friend. <laughs> they saved me. Starting to climb the pyramid in my leather boots. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, yeah, but Mexico City, that's a weird story, but Mexico City, it was amazing, although this, um, yeah, it was amazing. Because yeah. they play, like, giganto venues, don't they? Yeah, it was giganto, I mean, so many, I mean, it's, it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they really did. I mean, we played a couple of massive, like, radio or festivals, I guess, like, the biggest one, I think, was the Voodoo festival in new orleans i think there's like fifty thousand people there we opened for metallica which is like amazing um wow. and then the, the one yeah and then the one in uh mexico city we're opening for yeah 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 so that was massive too 
So it's just really surreal because I'd have to like try and not look at what are they called the jumbo trying screen. <laughs> They're like those jumbotron screens would be like on each side and I I could see like the person zooming in on my face or zooming in on my hands sometimes and it was just very surreal and like hard to not look at myself on that screen. Like just try and focus. It was cool. That's surreal. How is it to because we've both played in front of larger crowds, but fifty thousand is nothing I've I mean, that just must what's that feel like? What surprised me is that it, once you get, <laughs> I guess because just what you can see, um, and I kind of realized once you get over like a thousand or maybe two thousand, it doesn't matter because you can't really see them, and you end up only interacting, I guess, with the ones in the front that you can see, like they're giving you the energy or you know, so, you know. It, so it, I realized it doesn't. It actually doesn't change the experience that much. That's interesting. Um, Mm-hmm. But it does feel really nerve-wracking, but then really high once you do it, like really amazing. But but no, it doesn't affect it that much. Can you, can you hear office. the 50,000 people cheer, or is it just like this? No, I couldn't at the time because um, we were using in, what they're, they're called in-ears. Um, so we had these in-ear systems, where which like everyone does now. So you... All the musicians, you have these little packs that <laughs> you like put attached to your belt, and then you stick your, you know, in ear headphones on, and then you're hearing the band all together. And you can kind of control, which is cool. Like I could turn my bass up and turn, um, you know, Brian's voice down or whatever I wanted, and you know. So I mean, you know, we play to a click, which is so bizarre because a lot of their songs had like synth backing tracks going. So there'd be this, like, <laughs> click in the middle of my brain. It was, like, just coming through both ears. So it goes, every show. <laughs> every show. So it's like I was bass. I wish I'd never played bass before in my life before this tour. So it was really important that I um, really stay uh, in line with the click. So, like, they had me, like, really make sure I turned that thing up. So for me, the whole experience of touring <laughs> Hearing thousands of people, but never really hearing much else besides the dip, 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 Brian's vocal and my bass line. So you never played bass before you went on tour with them? No, never. I never even picked up one. That's crazy. So how did this? How'd that come about? Because that's a you know, a playing fifty thousand people and never having picked up a bass before is quite the. Uh, is that a, tar- a tar- transition from guitar to bass, or is it kind of not that difficult? It was definitely not as difficult as I as I thought it was going to be. Um, and I think Brian is just kind of a genius in some. I mean, obviously he is in so many ways, but he, you know, at the time they were like auditioning bass players, and um, it was like Nikki's parts, especially for that particular album I was doing. The album is, is called Neck of the Woods. So Nikki's parts were so intric- intricate that they were like lead guitar lines. So the problems that they were having is that these female bass players were so used to doing like traditional, you know, bass parts. And like he, so he was like, oh, oh I think we're going to have to have like a lead guitar player type of a, a person. 
and then my name came up um, as a possibility. And then basically he, you know, they approached me after we had Happy Halls had played a show and they approached me and they said, we're considering you, was there something you'd be open to? Um, and I was like, oh, hell yeah, you know? <laughs> so then <laughs> so then, they, so then they went on their tour and I, you know, they hadn't like offered it to me or anything. They just like, we're, you know, we're really considering you, just wanted to talk to you about it. So then I was like, oh my God, I am not letting this slip by me. So I started going on to YouTube and like looking at, teenage boys who were like teaching people how to play silvers on pickup baseline <laughs> and like in their bedrooms you know and I was learning their parts on like Charlie's bass and um and I would send them every few days a video of me playing their songs like playing panic switch um on the bass and like rocking out in my room just like going bonkers like you know going all over my room playing the bass rocking out to their song and I would I wouldn't hear back from them but I just kept sending these videos um because I had Brian's you know I would text it to Brian and I wouldn't hear anything back I just kept doing that <laughs> for maybe two two weeks and then and then this is the craziest story um they were in a dressing room with um, with Dave Grohl, and Brian had pulled up, you know, my daily video, and they'd all, you know, get a kill, gather around to watch what I was doing that day. Um, and Brian pulled it up, and Dave Grohl was behind Brian, and Dave was like, "You gotta pick her." Um, to Brian, he's like, "Yeah, he's like, she, he's like, this is great." He's like, "Are you crazy? Why would you not? Why would you not pick her?" And then I guess Brian was like, "The man, because the the problem they were having is like, their management was like, oh, you should get somebody like famous, you know, because um, that would really help the tick, you know, that just help everything. Why would you get somebody a that's like not a bass player and b that's like unknown? That doesn't make any sense. The level that they're at, they really could have had somebody with much more of a name, you know. So I think that." you know, that they were kind of under that pressure. And then when Dave Grohl was like, no, you should pick her. Uh, and the management was right there. And Brian's like, okay, like, are we good? Like, cause Brian wanted to pick me the whole time, you know, but he was getting all this pressure. And then everyone's like, yeah, we're good. And then, and then that's when he called me. He's like, yep, we're going to pick you. <laughs> Did you ever get a chance to meet Grohl? No, I didn't. I would have loved to. Um, I mean, they have such amazing stories about him. Like he just seems like such a nice guy, just a really amazing guy. Yeah, I can't wait to meet. Hopefully, I'll meet him someday. Like, thank you so much. I, you like maybe are the reason I got that kick. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe like they could have done it without him. But I, I'm sure it certainly helped that their management heard Dave say that. You know, so. Uh, here's this is a weird. This is stepping way back because we were talking about Guitar Hero stuff, and I, I've been holding on to this question for episodes and i feel like you're the proper one to ask well because there used to be the guitar solo used to be this like shred tastic like look at everything i can do yeah and it seems like that's like guitar solos still exist but they seem to to not be as like hey look at me <laughs> and i was wondering yeah. and i was thinking about because like uh, what what was the switch to that? I, I feel like, like part of me was like the solo in teen, in what is teen spirit is like mm -hmm. really just the melody. Yeah. And I was like, what it was that? Why did that switch happen where people aren't so like mm -hmm. crazy anymore? Or maybe they are a bit. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, it does. I think what happened is during the 80s, there was a lot of, um, <laughs> there was a lot of like, I guess like, I, a lot of great music came out of that, but I think it was a lot of like white male sort of takeover of rock and roll. And um, the ego came into play and they're all wearing like crazy jumpsuits. I don't know. And like their hair was all big and, and then they were doing, and you know, it was like who could out solo each other. And I think that's kind of cool. I mean, it takes a lot of skill to like do the kind of solos that they were doing. Nothing wrong with that. But I think it was just everyone was maybe trying to compete and it became such a thing and it became so um, egocentric that then the late eighties, the nineties, you know, Pixies, Nirvana, Sonic Youth. I mean, all these bands had a backlash to that where they're like, oh my gosh, this is disgusting. This has nothing to do with like artistry. And, uh, and I think that the backlash to that was like, you know, pavement. I mean, just taking the, the idea of a perfect, amazing guitar solo and getting um, purposely, intentionally sloppy, intentionally bad, but actually was cool, you know? <laughs> and so then I think that that, ama- which was my favorite time of music, that amazing period happened in music which is like I guess slop rock or you know just um, not caring and and then that of course created the grunge look purposely not caring not having to be this glam glamorous beautiful looking thing but just being kind of um, dirty and uh, real you know and so um, so then I think I was inspired to do like a mix of both I don't know I think I think everything is like a pendulum and it swings and so it was like okay you know because I I I think I I like the sound of things sounding really purposefully unperfect you know but I also like the the sound of things sounding intricate so I don't know (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's interesting but yeah I think that's why? That's my answer to that. Does that make sense? It does. I'm interested to see what, because I, I feel like we're also on the verge of a culture, like music shift. And I'm like, I have no idea what's to come, but I, yeah. I, I feel like maybe it is going to, well, we're sort of already in like a nineties ish thing again. Yeah. Totally. We are. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I, 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 I'm forcing this question in, but I'm really curious about how it was for you guys to tour Japan. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for asking that. It was amazing. It looked amazing. It was and I remember, amazing. I just thought, like, how cool it looked uh, to follow it on Instagram, and you guys looked so fucking Aww. happy to be there. <laughs> oh, thanks, Matt. We were so happy. It was so wonderful. I mean, honestly, that was, like, definitely one of my favorites. Um, the people, oh gosh, there's so much I could say that I wasn't expecting. I'd always wanted to go to Japan, but it wasn't like top of my list, I guess. Like, it was just like, that'd be cool. But I just had no idea how much I would love it and how much the culture, um, just really affected me and like the people like Matt, I, and the part of, it's kind of, it was kind of hard to come back to America after that experience because like, um, the Japanese people are so just genuinely like so kind and like they were just so wonderful. And the shows were, (laughs) 
oh, just so beautiful. Like, for instance, like all the bands, let's say there's like five bands on a bill or whatever. It was so sweet, Matt. I'm not kidding. Every night, all the bands show up early, like, you know, for the sound check or whatever, and they all get in this circle, like, and they all introduce the, each other. Like, they step out as the band, and everyone claps for each other. And they all, like, hold hands, and, like, they all, like, bow to each other, and it's so nice. And every band watches each other and is enthusiastic and claps. And afterwards, you go backstage, like, no one's trying to outdo each other. There's no egos. They're just, like, everyone's so supportive. Like, they were, the vibe was just so freaking lovely. And the Japanese band, the musicianship was unbelievable. I mean, talk about women shredders. I had never seen anything like these women ever. Like, it was unbelievable the way that they could play their guitars um, or drums or whatever instrument they were on. I mean, it was just, just really, I just, I'm so blown away by these people. They were just so wonderful. And like, um, the food is incredible and everything's so clean and the toilets are amazing. I can't get one of their toilets. I mean, it's hard to go back. Everything was so clean and just so uncluttered and um, everything ran so smooth right on time. Like just so pleasant, like genuinely like pleasant. And like, this sounds so weird, but like Seven Elevens there are like amazing. <laughs> like it's hard to imagine, but you go into Seven Eleven and you can get like incredible sushi and like just like the food that they have in the freezer section or whatever is so good, like such high quality, and they're so they take such pride. Like everyone there, it's like a cultural thing. Like you have such pride in your work, and I mean they must be paid well and everything, but everyone just has a lot of pride in their jobs. There's no um, it was just like a very well-run society, and it was um, so. Yeah, the, every every experience was so pleasant. Everyone was everything was so clean, and gosh, it was it was very very hard to come back to America after that. <clears throat> it really felt like we're. It feels. I mean, it just felt like like it was like a third world country or something. You know, it's challenging. Uh. But it was great. It was an amazing tour. Yeah, we had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> and we are a third world country. I, I, I think I uh, no one likes to think of it here in the U.S., but it's like our schools blow, our health care blows, yeah. our air blows. It's like, it's like I know. we're a shithole. We are the shithole country. I know. It's so hard. It's so hard. And I, I know, I know um, you know, I really, I really love all your tweets and everything. <laughs> Like, we're on the same page politically, I guess, what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to do less of it, the angry, but but it's usually, it's just me seeing something and just reacting, and, um, which I don't know if is always healthy. (laughs) I know. Uh, And I'm like, do I lose listeners or anything? You know, those, but I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. think anybody who voted for Trump ever would listen to my fucking podcast. (laughs) I know, I can't imagine that would be okay. I know, I know. It's uh, yeah. It's it's hard. I I really got really like angry too. Like I felt like um, it was very frustrating for me because I was spending quite a lot of time um around 2016, like in in England at that time, and um, I was you know coming back to the United States, and I just you know it was it was I I felt like Bernie Sanders was just like 
wow, like a once in a lifetime opportunity for this country, you know? And so I just felt very, very passionate. And it was just very challenging, like to not get so angry. And um, I feel like it's just been a very unique experience for people that are like progressives or whatever, because when Trump won, it's like, oh my God, we're so triggered by Trump. But then we're also like so triggered by the, like the establishment and, you know, so it's just like double triggeredness like everywhere. <laughs> and then like and I was like, God, I'm just becoming so like angry and um very frustrated with like my closest friends really and like that bothered me. I didn't want to be like that. Cause I, I know like everyone's coming from a different perspective, you know, and so I have to I um I think I think after twenty sixteen I needed to just like lay off because I was like I'm gonna self implode with so much rage, yeah, <laughs> you know, and frustration really at how people kind of can't see things, you know, the way I see them. But I, so I really started to back off and everything of being so attached to like what I think kind of needs to happen. But I will say like I think. Um, you know, I think despite, you know, Bernie not winning and everything, I think it's amazing all of the down to get all the congresswomen, the squad. I mean, like, it's amazing. These wonderful yeah, there's, this movement that's happened, you yeah, know, it's incredible. There's hope. And I'm trying to... Totally. I'm far from this, but I, I'm trying to... I want to be like a monk. I want to, like, the other day I stepped mm-hmm. in dog poop and barefoot feet, and I'm like... I'm a, I have two kids. I have two dogs. Like, I should be non-phased by poop at this point in my life. But I'm like, why did I reacted so strongly? I'm like, I just want to have things happen and go, mm-hmm. Like, that's the, like, I wow. want to understand yeah. it and just be, you yeah. know, and be like, because react, the way I react to things is not um, patient or centered. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. And it's like, I, yeah. I just, I want to, I don't know how I, but edibles, that's how I'll get there. Edibles. <laughs> I mean, you're so you are so right on. What an amazing metaphor for stepping in poo and going. Okay, this is like how I know I need to react when I hear information or I see things. I mean, and I think not. You know, I think I think that that is the perfect metaphor. And I think you're so right on. And it's much easier said than done. But um, I do think that is the key. Is like trying to have perspective and not be reactive because honestly at the end of the day it's like i i believe like the incredible division in our country like look at i mean the division between republicans democrats and then within the left the absolute like craziness you know between within the left the left against the left right yeah um you're not you're not left enough or you're too left (laughs) or whatever uh and it's like you know at the end of the day you know who wins when we all hate each other that way the one percent wins every time the only people winning and all of this like um division and hatred so i just think it's really important to um it sounds really woo-woo and it sounds really simple but it's so i think important that we just observe observe each other listen to each other and if someone has an opinion that doesn't fit you know our idea of what is the truth the ultimate truth to just like take a step back and like let them have their experience because I think we have to just get beyond like how crazy the energy is of like just hating each other 
in this country. Because we're going to—it's just—it just doesn't ultimately benefit anybody. And like, I don't know. That's just my opinion. So like, that's where I'm at right now. It's like I'm trying to. It's just been very interesting. And like, speaking of Silverstone, like, like you know, they toured so much in like Middle America. I mean, so Happy Hollows. Like, we toured quite a lot in Middle America during this time. And like, so I just have a lot of like Trump supporting oddly enough people on my Facebook feed um, which I never thought I'd have in music you know but I guess they're out there so I just intentionally didn't you know defriend or none of that unfollow you know because I don't want to live in a bubble you know yeah. I want to have an accurate and so it's been very fascinating because I can like scroll through the 5,000 people or whatever and I'm getting all these different like opinions all the time and like I'm seeing you know you know, like more mainstream Democrat type of opinions. And I'm seeing, you know, super, super left type of opinions. I'm seeing super Trumpy type of opinions. And I kind of like that because I feel like I can stand at the center of the storm and just be the observer, observer, what can I say that word? And um, try and not react, but just like witness everything and go, okay, we are definitely in this crazy storm, but let's just like, yeah. Let's see what happens. Trying not to get too attached to like, you know, uh, but it, it can be really, it can be really hard to not let it trigger you. It's really hard. It's very challenging, you know, because, uh, God, it's so hard. It yeah. Is. But anyway, um, but there are good things though. I mean, like I will say like, you can always find something good about each person's perspective. Um, that they're coming from because I think essentially everybody just you know they just um, they just want to be happy and they want prosperity and I mean they do so it's like it's just I don't know it's been a very fascinating time <laughs> for sure for me going through this trying to remain sane trying to remain peaceful trying to remain kind and trying to remain like loving like the bigger picture you know yeah focused on the bigger picture but Amen, sir. Yeah. So to wind it up, you have a new single out, Two Fires. Yes, I do. <laughs> and there's a new Happy Hollows coming out. It, there's a Pisces album and a Happy yeah. Hollow album coming out, correct? <laughs> yes. We're finishing both. We hope to finish both this year, and then we can share both fully next year. We'll see how it, we'll see how it goes. We're just taking... <laughs> everything week by week but yeah so um we i have two fires just came out and then we're going to release a happy hollow song in um late september and where where can people find all things sarah negadari um you can find them um on instagram at pisces band instagram the happy hollows um facebook uh, it's kind of Pisces, kind of hard to find. It's just, I know it's a dumb, it's a stupid name to choose because it's like so, uh, yeah. But uh, if you type like Sarah Pisces, Sarah Nagadari Pisces, you can find me. Um, and Happy Hollows, yeah. Okay, and I'll put all that in the show notes. Oh, thanks. And thank, thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of this. No, thank you so much. Thank you 
very much for listening to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. Do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. Remember to rate and review it. And if you like, become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash conversations with Dwyer. Also, listen to my friend's podcast, Hunk by Mike Bridenstine and Kilgallen's Pub with Joe Kilgallen. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to seeing you again.